Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running international and yet understudied scene. Welcome back to Lingua Britannica with me, Jess Benny-Smith, and my co-host, Wes Robertson. Hello. We will be interviewing vocalist Rika Emily List of Danish band Convent. Uh, thank you so much, Rika, for um, making the time to come out and chat with us about your lyrics. Um, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, I'm good. I just woke up because it's a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. What time is it over there? Uh, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah 7 p.m here so yeah we're yeah. very excited to go asleep afterward i'm talking to you 100 <laughs> percent. i'm kind of jealous <laughs> <laughs> cool well first up uh, we wanted to ask you as we do all our guests uh how would you describe convent's music for somebody that has never heard of them before mm, i would describe it as um a slower kind of kind of metal mm-hmm. uh it's um it's not thrash it's not grindcore it's not tech death. Um, it's more in the area of bands like Conan. I think uh, we've been compared to Paradise Lost a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's sort of in that area. Um, whenever we do interviews, we always uh, we always get questions about the genre. Like we chose to call it death doom or put that in put our music in in that genre. But but we don't really care about genres Mm. um so it's just like people can call our music whatever Mm -hmm. um it doesn't really matter to us was the death kind of doom area the area of metal that you first started to listen to when you got into the genre or did you start with something else and move there or have you just kind of listened to everything um i would say death metal um but uh, a doom metal was actually something that i only started listening to I think after we formed the band to me it was always like because i was more into like death metal and thrash like a mm. bit faster genres mm-hmm. and doom just seemed so like boring <laughs> <to me>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then i really started getting into uh, bands like electric wizard and mm-hmm. Conan and what have you bongzilla and yeah all these bands i really really enjoy it uh, mm-hmm. but i think we all everybody in the band we all started out uh, listening to metal because our dads played um, Black Sabbath, you know, at home. Right. <laughs> That's so, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that band was definitely our gateway into uh, like the more extreme music. It's kind of interesting because they're, um, you know, a, definitely a slower band and often said to be one of the uh, first kind of, you know, originators of where Doom came from. So starting there and then going to death metal and coming back around a little bit. Mm. Yeah, that's funny, actually. Yeah, I don't know if it had something to do with me just being a teenager and 
like needing that fast stimulation mm. <laughs> of uh, mm-hmm. thrash and uh, and death metal. Maybe that had something to do with it had to be aged. <laughs> <laughs> Mature taste. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. So in addition to like just the fast pace of the thrash and death music, uh, was there anything about the lyrics that kind of drew you in? Um, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think, so when I was in high school, I, uh, I discovered uh, Rammstein, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a completely different genre as well. Um, and I was obsessed <laughs> with this band. Mm-hmm. I was such a fangirl. Um, I would just, I, I didn't speak German because like in, in, um, in the Danish elementary schools, you get the choice between uh, French or German. I chose French, didn't speak mm-hmm. one single word of German, but I would just sit in my room um, with my parents, like German to Danish um, books, or oh, what's that called? Dictionary? Dictionary, yeah, sorry. Um, and just like sit and uh, with the CD uh, like booklet and just like mm-hmm. sort of amateurly uh, translate the lyrics. Um, yeah, uh, just to figure out more about this band. And to me, I really love the fact that um, I feel like they address a lot of taboos, mm. mm-hmm. uh, like subjects like incest um, and yeah, just in general child <laughs> molestation. Yeah, a lot of really, really like uncomfortable subjects, but I thought it was so cool that they were addressing him. Mm. Um, they have uh, they have a song called Hallelujah, um, which wasn't on any of their CDs. I think it's on the Sinsucht single, which I searched for like in every CD store uh, in in Denmark at the time. I couldn't find it, um, which is about uh, you know um, there was a huge case in in America about all these uh, Catholic priests that had abused mm-hmm. children. And I just thought, I really love the fact that they addressed the subject and it was a really good song. I, I didn't understand why it didn't make it onto, uh, onto one of the records. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I was really interested in that area uh, or those themes um, that they address. Um, but actually I haven't, I haven't been that, um, I haven't looked at that many lyrics of the bands that I listen to, actually, um, which is funny. I think it has something to do with me never like being the big reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I think I just listened to the music and found out if I liked it or not, and then that was it. I've I've had a look at uh, a lot of uh, cap- casualty capitations lyrics, but that's just because they're my favorite band now. Mm. <laughs> and, like, that's who I've been obsessed with for the past, I don't know, five years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but I don't really like sit and nerd out on on metal lyrics, actually. So you never... it's, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I just don't prioritize it for some reason. Hmm. So you didn't do anything with um, English language lyrics like you did with Rammstein? No, not really, hmm. actually. But I think it's because... I don't know, English has always been very accessible in Denmark. Like everybody speaks English. Mm. Mm. So um, 
yeah, I don't think the challenge <laughs> was there enough. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, we, we both speak uh, English and I have to look up lyrics in extreme metal a lot because, <laughs> you know, I have no idea. Like, I, I can't tell what Cannibal Corpse or even Cattle Decapitation, you know, saying on first listen usually, right? Yeah. Oh, like that. Oh, yeah. No, abs- no. Yeah. I misunderstood your question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I used to listen a lot to a Danish band called Ill Disposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of their CDs. Yeah, and I would uh, sing real long and like the same thing with um, uh, with uh, uh, Dying Fetus because mm-hmm. that's impossible to, <laughs> to hear what, what he's singing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, I have done that uh, a few times. And was there anything about the lyrics that kind of like stuck out to you as being really identifiably metal as opposed to you know, being uh, symbolic of any other genre of music? Um, there's a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of uh, like wanting to kill other people, um, wanting to mutilate them and like do things to their corpses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't found that in any like Rihanna song yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that that's very um, characteristic of uh, mm-hmm. a metal lyrics and and it's it's funny because I, I really love a band like Aborted mm-hmm. uh, I've seen them live several times I really really love their music but um for me personally I can't watch like scary movies and slasher films and even the thrillers <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I get too invested I, I find it too scary <laughs> but you know I love music about like all the same subjects mm. <laughs> right that's interesting like what do you think yeah. is it that's the difference between those two things you know the films and music I don't know maybe I don't know maybe my brain perceives um scariness in different ways like if I see it visually or if I hear it and can like form my own images myself yeah although some of those Um, album covers are pretty graphic right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah they are um I haven't really studied them closely (laughs) for the same reason (laughs) right right yeah but actually talking about album covers and, and like brutality I think that um, a Cannibal Corpse's album cover of uh, what's the album called? You know, the cover with the two, like what are they? Like, like zombie doctors and then performing some sort of surgery Butchered on this female corpse. Yep, yeah, Butchered at Birth, thank you. Um, I don't know, at, at first glance, it's really bu- brutal and uncomfortable, and there are all these fetuses or like mm. dead children mm. hanging from meat hooks, but. I think it's an album cover that you can look at for ages because you just keep finding new things and very detailed, it's like yeah. The, yeah and it's the expression on their faces the two like doctors or whatever they are butchers um they look sort of worried to me or like very attentive to uh to the woman lying on the uh, table <laughs> and when you like zoom in on her face like she's so beautiful and like her face is such a wonderful contrast to everything else that's going on in the photo and like the rest of her body mm. um so yeah I, I i really like that album cover even though like it took a while to sort of get it mm-hmm. it's really but interesting i, think I don't think i've heard that interpretation of it before i'll have to have another look at it hey, yeah, <laughs> I, just, but, yeah I, I just looked it, it up it, and you're right there is a lot of yeah, sorry. Oh no, sorry. You're, there, there is interesting expressions, and one of the doctors does look kind of worried. I, I never um, paid attention to the expression, but he he does look a bit yeah, concerned he, for her health, despite the fact that she is uh, clearly dead. 
yeah but he's like are you are you okay down there like as if he's doing like dental work or something mm. <laughs> like he's a dentist or something <laughs> um yeah it's um yeah i i really love those sort of details i don't know if that was the intention of uh, of the artist i can't remember his name uh, now which is a bit embarrassing um if if that was the intention mm. to sort of get that worried look just to make a contrast yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah, definitely given us a different perspective on that. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, when you were first listening, uh, and I guess now, did you ever have a conception of these things as like, did these images and this music give you a conception of like a definition of metal? Do you feel that there are things that are metal or not metal and we can divide that? Or uh, has your thinking on that changed over time? Mm. It's an interesting question because metal is so many things or there are so many different genres like you have you know bands like Camel Decapitation or Aborted which is just really um like very brutal lyrics very fast and then you have you know pirate metal which is <laughs> about you know, sort of being happy and having a party and getting really drunk and and not really mutilating anyone in the process um so yeah I think that yeah I don't know I don't know if there is like rap music about going out on the going out to hunt other people and and cutting their limbs off um but yeah it's there's so much music in the world it's a hard question to answer i think hmm. yeah yeah um i mean i think metal definitely has some sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. um which sort of sticks out like uh when h&m sells uh, metallica t-shirts um mm that's sort of a weird contrast. I think, was it, was, did Justin Bieber do like, um, like his design of one of his records was sort of looked like- Yeah, a like in a metal font or something, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think in, in those cases, it sort of sticks out, mm-hmm. like the different aesthetics. Yeah, I think I forgot the question now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just how you can like differentiate between like metal and not metal. Mm. Yeah, it is a hard question because, you know, you, you have, you know, love songs in metal and you have those in pop songs and, and folk music and, and all that. But yeah, and there's also, and there's also the element of uh, like live music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there was a survey on, um, on a, a, a venue uh, here in, in Copenhagen and uh, the people working there and they were asked like, which, uh, which concerts do you most enjoy? Um, like having a shift at, you know, where mm-hmm. you're at the bar, you know, handling the wardrobe and stuff like that. Um, and they all said uh, they really enjoyed uh, the metal concerts because people were always so friendly. <laughs> <laughs> like they never had to break up any fights or people weren't like talking condescendingly to them and causing trouble. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that's something that's really distinctive to like the metal crowd. Mm. Like, we're not really here to like start a fight or like to be alpha people or um, sort of like that. But I mean, you hear about this all the time that metal people are actually really friendly, but you know, they're, they're douchebags as well. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, but Mm. 
But it's interesting though, because like what you're saying seems to really kind of like go against a lot of the common stereotypes that people have about metal who, you know, themselves aren't necessarily like familiar with the scene and stuff, you know, so people assume that, um, you know, because a lot of metal lyrics, as you said, like, you know, describe like violent acts and stuff like that, but then of course the people that will enjoy them will also be, you know, violent people. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. I suppose, yeah, what do you think about that? Mm. I think you said the word, um violent but I just thought <clears throat> about um, I think everybody has dealt with or everybody knows someone who has dealt with uh, like mental issues mm -hmm. uh, either actual um, conditions or um, or like stuff like depression or, or something like that and I think that metal lyrics is a great place to sort of feel like you're being heard mm. um, or like lyrics that you can relate to uh, if you're struggling with with uh, with something or if you know someone who's struggling with something and I think that's kind of a relief mm -hmm. like to feel that sense of uh, being understood um, and I think maybe that does something I don't know to your I don't know to the way you think or the way you act like it's it's sort of a break or like it's mm. a positive uh, what's it called confirmation um of like you're not alone with it like this writer or this singer like they wrote these lyrics um mm -hmm. because they can sort of relate to what you're feeling or what your friend is feeling so it's like you're in some way you're not alone even though you may be sitting in two different continents or whatever mm. um so i think that's something that metal music can can do i think um, metal bands are good at like picking people up if they're at a low point. On the topic of lyrics, uh, are there lyrics that for you, um, like do, do you have a favorite metal lyric or lyrics that were very influential in defining your understanding of what metal lyrics look like or sound like? I think we'll probably have to go back to Rammstein. <laughs> 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 that, was, uh, that band was really defining for my uh, music taste and like my sense of metal lyrics. I don't know, we, um, we uh, when we first started the band uh, in, you know, Convent, um, we, uh, we, we were, we all agreed very fast that um, we didn't want to write lyrics about religion mm -hmm. or, or like gore themes um, mm. because, you know, of course we've got opinions on the subject, but we just feel like like it's been done a thousand times before. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, um, I think to answer your previous question, I think of, I think that defines metal music is that there is a lot of opinions on the subject of religion. I guess I'm a little surprised there because I mean, your band name is Convent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking the exact same thing. Like, was that a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, um, uh, the the reason why we chose convent convent is because um, we were talking about band names and I think it took us three months to come up with a band name because all the good band names are taken. Mm. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, and Heidi, our bass player, she came up with uh, the Danish word uh, cluster, uh, K L O S T E R, which mm. means a convent or a monastery. Um, and uh, we all really, really loved it. Uh, but then we found out that there was another 
band called that, uh, like with that name, like a Danish band. And we had quite a lot of followers on Facebook and stuff. So we didn't want to deal with that. And then I thought, well, can we just sort of translate it and call it convent, but then keep the K because we all really love the K. Like it's a, for some reason it's, it's like, it's a powerful lesser, like it's very square <laughs> and like, it's just there in your face. Um, and then we just all like that. And we really like the, we, we feel like there's a lot of stories, like a lot of storytelling in that word. Like when you, mm -hmm. when you, when you think about um, a convent or a monastery, um, it's this secluded institution. Like there's a lot of rituals. Uh, there's a very strictly set hierarchy. Yeah. There's a, like, you can, you can, um, you can put a lot of stories in, in that word, I feel like. So we were like, Oh, maybe that will give people something to think about or like make up their own stories in their head or or something like that mm. yeah so going back to you know discussions of um lyrics and stuff you said like you know you wanted to avoid um kind of talking about religion and stuff in your own lyrics has there, has there been anything like themes or i suppose like um i don't know practices in lyrics that you've read that have kind of just ruined a song for you uh the first thing i think about is like uh, a musician like uh, Bursum. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. Yep, that's um, one. So uh, I didn't start listening to to black metal until, like it took me a long time to get into black metal, uh, sort of like with Doom. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like it took me a while to sort of get the sort of messy sound or mm -hmm. like it's, it's very chaotic, um, which a lot of metal is, but yeah, it took me a while to get into it, but I really enjoy it now. Um, but I think that a musician like Bosom, I don't think I, I don't, I don't really feel like putting on any of his records, uh, just because I sort of know what, like what he's done and what his views on the world mm. are, and I just don't think I would enjoy the music uh, the same way uh, if I didn't know these things. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's a really common theme for a lot of people listening to a lot of black metal that's got very kind of questionable, um, yeah, themes, content and authors as well, I suppose. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's funny, like, then that is, uh, is like a, a complete community, like for themselves. And I think, yeah, the people who share those views, like, well, they all know, know who each other are and they set up festivals, like smaller festivals for themselves and you know that could be an interesting uh, uh area for you guys to dive into <laughs> maybe <laughs> so those are tricky areas to study uh yeah for reasons mm -hmm. yeah, yeah you'll have to do some inf infiltration maybe yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the ethics clearance would be a nightmare yeah <laughs> that too yeah. <laughs> what about uh for you personally will when did you start writing um metal lyrics when is that something that you started trying for the first time I think I first um, wrote metal lyrics, lyrics um, like when we formed the band. Uh, I hadn't, I've not been in any other band um, before or since. Um, and uh, yeah, that was sort of the first time. Um, and I just, I think the first song I, I wrote, it's not a song that we've uh, published because it's our first song. It's really not that good. <laughs> it's like when you're making pancakes and the first one is just a bit weird. 
um, so, but yeah, I remember I was um, at that time, I was in a, in a place like I had just met like another guy who was not interested and I was really bitter about that. And <laughs> so I sort of wanted to write about that feeling. Um, and then I was like, oh, what, what imagery can I use? And I wrote something about like satellites, like going in orbits around like the planet and like the laws of attraction and yeah, just things like that. So not really that brutal, <laughs> <laughs> but just like me whining about being rejected. <laughs> that kind of like I don't know despair and stuff is kind of I suppose compatible with like doom and stuff like that right yeah I think so yeah do you consider any kind of imagined audience when you write or have you just kind of more personal um sort of reflection uh it's completely egocentric <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, let me see. Yeah, it's, so the way I like to write is, is more, um, it's more based on like my own observations, either on things that I'm going through or have gone through or, or if I've observed, observed like something like the way people treat each other or interact with each other. Um, so, uh, our, our song called trust, um, is, is just plain about manipulation and how like people can manipulate others who may be in, um, in a vulnerable state and then hmm. other people like see that and, and use that to their own advantage, which is really uncomfortable, um, an uncomfortable thing to think about, um. So it wasn't really based on any like specific observations or uh, experiences. It was just like a theme that I wanted to write about. Um, so, but the writing process is, we try to keep it sort of fluid. Like I sort of have uh, the main responsibility for it, but like the other girls, they can always pitch in. And I feel like with the songs that we're writing now for the next album, like Sarah has a lot of ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. both for lyrics but also for like her riffs she's just like right now she's just like a band machine <laughs> <laughs> completely unstoppable like she just wants to write music and it's it's great do you usually have an idea for like what the song is going to be about before the song itself is written or do you wait and like you know see how the song sounds and then kind of develop it from that uh like sometimes i'll uh i'll get an idea for a thing that i want to write about mm -hmm. um like uh, I think about a year ago, I was I was sort of in a place where I was feeling like I was sort of repeating myself or like repeating my, I don't know, action patterns that I'd had like since I was a teenager mm -hmm. and sort of the frustration of, of observing that or knowing that or realizing that and then not being able to break out of it. Um, mm -hmm because you know you want to keep developing and, and changing and if you, you keep doing something that's uh, essentially not good for you then like you want to you want to change that up but but maybe you don't know how to do that because it's so 
it's so stuck in you, like the way you act. And, and I just knew that, that I really wanted to, um, to write something about that, like that feeling of being stuck. And we sort of uh, uh, dabbled a bit with that in uh, the first couple of uh, songs that we've been writing for the next album. Um, so sometimes I do, right now I have two songs in our band um, folder uh, that I have to write lyrics for and it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really struggling with it at the moment. I don't know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it has something to do with uh, with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Like course, I yeah. think it has now officially driven me insane. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, uh, like I'm, I'm working from home. I'm very privileged. Um, right when uh, everything went into lockdown, I got a job. Like I've got a steady income. Uh, I've got my boyfriend who I live with, and we can talk about these things, and he's great. Um, but somehow it just gets to you. Like even though you have, mm. like I have a full time job. It's, um, it takes a lot of my time, but I don't have you know commute to and from work. Mm -hmm. I don't. Right. We don't have band practice now because our, our rehearsal space has been uh locked down since like the end of November mm -hmm. so we can't go out and rehearse so I have a lot of time at home and for some reason like the uh, like the inspiration is just sort of blocked mm. but maybe mm -hmm. that's because I don't actually get out and see the world and see people and, and get inspired yeah I mean I suppose it's hard to if um, there are a lot of restrictions on that as well so <laughs> Yeah, a lot of worries about mm. like what's going to happen. What about the future? Course, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, which can be a bit um, uh, disruptive. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, very anxiety-producing. Hey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're um, doing the writing process, though, do you find yourself uh, editing a lot, do you, or have you ever, for instance, written something down and thought, "Oh, that's not you know metal enough. I need to change that, or uh, I need to rephrase that." Has that ever you know influenced how you produce the lyrics? Um. Yes and no. I mean, sometimes I, like, I'm very, I feel like I, I have a very high standard for myself, like what I want to put out in the world, not saying that my lyrics are just completely ingenious. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'll sit for days and just think about like one word, like, what does this word have to be? But it's not so much, is it a cool word? Is it a, like a metal word? <laughs> Um, but more like, does it capture like the essence of what I want to say and like the, the vibe of the song? And I think that's a bit frustrating for some of the other girls because sometimes writing the lyrics takes ages and like our writing process is like Sarah and Heidi will come up with some riffs and Julie will come up with some drums and then I'll come up with some, some lyrics and then we sort of continue like writing the song from there. Like we sort of ping pong inspiration off each other until the, mm -hmm. the song is finished. And if I just can't get the inspiration going, then everybody's sort of stuck. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's a bit stressful as well sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, I think that sometimes I've written something and then thought, this sounds a bit lame or <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, just like a 10 year old girl sitting alone in her room, like writing poetry or something mm -hmm. um and I'm like I've, maybe I should change that <laughs> so how do you like work out if something sounds a bit lame like what if what about it sounds lame I guess um 
I don't know, maybe if it's just sort of blah, like if if it describes something, but like in a in a boring way or like if it could just be a, like a part of an everyday conversation. Right. Yeah. I don't think I have any more. That's okay. But yeah, it's just more like, you know, you want it to be like a little bit more like uncommon in terms of like the vocabulary choices and stuff than like you would see appearing in an everyday conversation. Yeah, or maybe just give the, the listener a feeling of that there's more at stake. Right. Yeah, so not really like aiming for like metal lyrics, but just aiming for evoking some sort of feeling or interest or curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we think it's really important uh, that the listener can sort of make up their own scenarios in their heads of... I like to use a lot of metaphors um, to not just like tell things exactly how they mm-hmm. are. Like, you know, with the, with the first song there, it wasn't like, oh, then I, I met this guy and I got really interested, but uh, then uh, like he goes to be, uh, <laughs> and, and that was a sad day, the end. <laughs> <laughs> but sort of more describing that feeling with, you know, the satellites and the orbits and right. Yeah, that's just more interesting to me, I think. Uh-huh, right. Just, like just discussing it a bit more indirectly, I guess. Mm. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, uh, talk in, in, in the past about how metal lyrics are something that people take distance from. Like a lot of, uh, of the forefathers of the genre have said that, oh no, our lyrics are like a horror movie. They're just, you know, something we explore. Is that something, is that kind of description something you find yourself disagreeing with then? That metal lyrics maybe can or should be more personal and more something that reflects who you are? Mm, I think everybody can write what they, what they want. I remember reading um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's uh, biography uh, like a lot of years ago. Um, and he, had, he mentioned, I think the thing that you're describing with, I think they, they went to the movie theater and they saw a horror movie and people were like running out of the the movie theater or something, or they were running out of their of their first concert or something because the lyrics were too scary and the music was too scary. And that was sort of what they were aiming for because they'd seen like people lining up for the for the cinema uh, to go mm. watch these horror films and uh, and they were f- you know, thinking about why would people want to pay money to be scared? And then you saw sort of a business opportunity. <laughs> 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 something like that. um no like I I I think it's absolutely fine to sort of describe these like to not have have songs about what you're feeling or what you're going through and uh like personal issues that you can just write stuff about like you can just write stuff about you know scary stories like cannibal corpse or aborted or you can write you know fairy tales about dragons and uh knights and shining armor and viking stories and and all that because in the end in the end of the day it's it's about telling stories and i think the listener just have to just has to like realize well what kind of stories do i like do you like stories mm-hmm. that uh that are personal that i can relate to and i feel some sort of understanding like there are other people out there in this world who who understand these feelings that i'm having or do I want to be just entertained and 
been taking on this journey through, I don't know, these uh, uh, Viking fairy tales and, mm. and just see those images in my head. Um, so yeah, I think the bottom line is, is just storytelling mm -hmm. um, in one way or another. Yeah. Right. Are there any it, common stories or themes that you see in metal that you kind of personally don't enjoy or kind of wish they'd stop doing? Um, I think when it's not, I haven't um, heard it that often, but I think when, when people write songs where they sort of glorify rape, mm -hmm. as like we're talking, I was just talking about like the Viking stuff, um, I, I've come across that sometimes when they're like, oh, we're going to go out now on this Viking adventure and we're going to like uh, rob this village and kill everybody and rape all the women. And it's like, that's not cool. Like, <laughs> I know that that was like how it went down. And that's, that's just been uh, a thing that, that some people thought that they had the right to do for so many years. Um, but I'm like, aren't we past that? now um hmm. it's like it's not just it's not just for fun but then again i mean uh <laughs> coming again back to rammstein i mean <laughs> they were singing about incest and uh, mm. uh mutilating children and stuff like that i kind of feel like that's a different thing because these you know they're not they're not glorifying it they're just describing mm -hmm. it and they're describing an issue in the world Mm -hmm. um they're just saying hey can we can we please wake up and like take a stand these things are actually happening and you know the whole thing with the catholic church in in in, in america you know the church knew about it and just tried to hush it up and mm -hmm. like that's the subject that they want to put a focus on mm -hmm. um but when you end up in a place where you sort of glorify that I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a it's a tough question because I don't want to tell anyone what like you can't write about this mm. because everybody needs needs to express themselves. And I don't know if that's like a subject that um that uh some people have had on their minds for a long time. And uh, they keep thinking about it and and now they just have to write it down. Um, and then like, you know, writing stuff down can have sort of a therapeutical, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, it, can be, it can be sort of therapeutical to write stuff down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so if like there's been a subject that might be a bit grim that you've had on your mind for a long time, then you know it can be a good idea to to write it down. So, but I think it's all about context. Mm. So, like, I don't feel like I can sit here and say that there are certain subjects that you can't write about. But mm -hmm. I think it's all about context. Right. Yeah. This is kind of similar to um, other conversations we've had with musicians in the past, where they've talked about kind of treading the line between wanting to create lyrics that are shocking, but not wanting to create lyrics that are offensive. Mm. Um, is that something that, you know, you've found as well, like, you know, not necessarily in writing your own lyrics necessarily, but just in consuming like metal music? Hmm. Um, so I'm a bit surprised uh, about uh, 
like them not wanting to write lyrics that are offensive. Mm. Um, we work too a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's specifically like, like it's similar to like, the person that um, mentioned this was talking about it specifically in the context of, you know, um, I suppose talking about things like abuse and stuff and then thinking about how you're going to kind of discuss that theme in a way that's not going to uh, you uh, know, okay. be offensive to people that have yeah. had that experience. And right, right. Okay. The metal context, like that if you showed these lyrics to somebody, uh, just an average person on the street, it would be offensive, but metal fans have sort of a threshold of we can tolerate, uh, you know, like the discussion of guts and blood and stuff is not going to offend them. Yeah. Yeah. The things and, we've heard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a way to present it that actually could offend people that are ultimately there to have a good, like uh, pretty much every, with Jess, would you say pretty much every single person we've interviewed is very keen on the idea of everyone that comes or, or listens to the music is supposed to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, they don't want to make a metal true. fan not have a good time through having their lyrics become offensive, even to metal fans that are conditioned to break through kind of the, I guess, like gate, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because sometimes you, you read some lyrics and you think what on earth is this about? And then it's, it sort of takes an interview with the writer mm. to get it. Uh, and then you can enjoy it because like the focus wasn't on like condoning this, it was on condemning this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think about examples if I've ever experienced this, I think like the main example of this is uh, like Slayer's Angel of Death, mm-hmm. because it, um, as far as I know, it's about uh, Dr. Benkele who did all the like the experiments on a, on a mm-hmm. on a captive uh, people, mm-hmm. and like I, I can understand if that's the background you're coming from I can understand if that's not the background you're coming from that that you would that you can get the the uh, impression that he's that they are sort of glorifying his work uh, but I've also heard that they've just described it as like we are just making a description of what happened and uh, like the whole like how insane it was that this could actually happen um, mm. And everybody just sort of agreed on, well, yes, it's a good idea to systematically torture and kill people. Like, it will be for the best of the country or whatever, um, because people were so brainwashed at that time. Um, yeah, I, it's a really interesting subject. I wish I had more examples that I could pull out of the hat. Um, yeah, but I don't. So <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I think we want to you know keep um, talking about um, mm. yeah, yeah all these interviews and stuff. Yeah, mm. um, I suppose like yeah, I imagine that um, you know this discussion of taboo that seems to be very common in metal lyrics is also kind of the source of criticism a lot of the time, particularly you know in the media, as you would know. Um, I suppose have you ever experienced any backlash to any of the lyrics that you've written? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, uh, and I think that that's like one of the the main reasons to why um, why we didn't want to uh, like even bother writing just a bit about religion because I think that's a subject that can always be like misunderstood or like your intention can always be misunderstood. It's something that um, 
some people have a very special and very um, personal relationship to. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I, I think that everybody's relationship to religion is very individual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's, it's sort of hard to come across in one song, like all the things that you want to say, I think, without... Yeah, maybe without offending anyone or yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not really well, I'm not really afraid of offending anyone, but but being misunderstood, mm-hmm. I think is uh, is the main um, is the main issue here. Are there any themes or lyrical practices that you feel are particular to the metal scene uh, in Copenhagen where you are? Hmm. I don't know. I think it's very mixed. I mean got a lot of different bands here there was um there's a, a black metal band called uh Ausky, um which released a uh, um a uh, a record which was uh as far as i like i've heard it a lot of times but i haven't like been that invested in the lyrics but as far as i know like all the the lyrics are based on old danish poetry old danish books Mm-hmm. which is such an interesting take on that on that music I think I don't think I've I've heard about that in Denmark before but that could just be like me not being um informed enough <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, you know music that isn't folk music because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that's a very characteristic to folk music so my uh, uh one of my uh well, one of my boyfriend's bands uh they did a lot of lyrics about sort of being a place in post to be grown up, but you don't feel grown up <laughs> and like the outside pressure of like everybody getting degrees and buying uh, real estate, <laughs> <laughs> like having jobs. And then you're just like, how on earth am I going to do that? Like, mm. is this what I'm supposed to do and why am I supposed to do it? And like sort of, yeah D- uh, diving into like the subject of feeling like you have to live up to all these expectations but you feel yeah. like you can't yeah um which i thought was very interesting and the music is just really chaotic um so i feel like it just it fits really perfectly with those subjects mm-hmm. the band is called eyes like the ones you mm. see with if you're interested mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just a, yeah a so- subtle plug there yeah and it's funny, I've, you can you can cut this out if you want to. Um, like, I was a huge fan of that band uh, for a long time, like, before my boyfriend joined. <laughs> like, I had merchandise and everything, like, uh, and then he joined and, and then I met him and, yeah, it's just funny, like, now I'm dating, like, the guitarist for mice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Funny little story there. Yeah, funny how these things work out, hey? Yeah. It would have been cool if you uh, you ran into him and you were wearing an ice shirt and he was wearing a convent shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> take it as a hint. <laughs> yeah, we often do that at home. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, we will get out and play again. <laughs> That's nice, like, support. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, you were saying that, like, um, so there doesn't seem to be anything, like, super specific about, uh, you know, Danish doom bands or metal bands in general that distinguishes them from, uh, you know, similar bands overseas? 
Yeah, I just don't think that I know enough mm-hmm. about uh, like um, lyric uh, subjects of like American doom bands or British doom bands or right. Danish doom bands. Um, I haven't really been diving into to that so uh, so specifically. Right. How so about in terms I don't of feel like, like I can answer sorry. that question. No, no, that, that's, yeah, totally fine. I was just wondering, like, you know, how about in terms of, like, the scene itself? Like, do you see, like, the scene in Denmark being different to, you know, what you've seen of scenes um, elsewhere? Uh, in regards to the Doom scene, it's it's very small mm-hmm. in Denmark. Um, so I think that um, maybe Doom bands in other countries, I mean, Denmark is a it's it's such a small country like in the the metal scene is very very small like everybody knows everybody so um i don't know if doom bands in other countries like i don't know great britain or america if they have sort of a bigger playground mm-hmm. can if they have a bigger network of people mm-hmm. um and i don't know more space to i don't know develop their music or yeah I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As, uh, like we're only like five point something million people in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of limited how many doom bands you can <laughs> <laughs> conjure up. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything specific about like the vibe of like a doom show? Like, um, you know, that, that might make it a bit different to like a show, let, let's say like a thrash show or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So um so yeah, like like thrash shows or death metal shows, like the energy is so high. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know if it's condescending of me to say like it's easier to entertain people, um, but I don't know if it's like it seems like it's um, it's a great uh, way to yeah entertain people or like because there's something going on all the time, and mm-hmm. if you don't know what to do, like if you're the lead singer, you don't have an instrument in your hands. Of like you can always just headbang because right. <laughs> it's always there and it, like it's always appropriate to do that. Um, in Doom shows, oh man, I've uh, I've struggled a lot with <laughs> like, <laughs> to, like where do I put myself when like the rhythm is so slow and like, I'm just standing with my microphone and mm. it's mm-hmm. just limited like what I can do on stage. Um, so uh, I went to see. Um, I uh, went to see Sun. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and they were just, they were all sending in their, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Robes? What? Yeah, their robes, like with the hoods up, um, mm-hmm. almost like monks or something, mm-hmm. uh, playing the playing the concert. And the, the room was just slowly being filled with, uh, with smoke. So that was, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really, cool way of sort of just distracting people or like just working with the room mm-hmm. um, so it's it wasn't really about oh we have to you know make sure that people are awake and and they have to be entertained all the time like you just had to be like like sourced into this like the vibe of their music and mm-hmm. sort of the conditions of of the room and I thought that was a it was a subtle but but really cool way of uh, of, of like playing that uh, playing that concert. Hmm. 
mm. it, it was so suitable for the music I feel like so it, it just made sense like it wasn't a fast show it wasn't like grindcore uh wasn't punk uh but you were just but it made sense mm-hmm. like you weren't really bored <laughs> right or fell asleep <laughs> How about like in between songs? So something that we've talked about with other musicians is that, you know, when they're um, you know just performing on stage, like in between songs, they feel like, particularly within the Australian context, uh, it's very common to like crack jokes and, you know, like use a lot of like humor and stuff. I don't know how well that um, fits with the doom metal experience. It's, it's funny because it's something that I, um, it, I think that, that the, the way I speak to the audience it's a mix between like what we've agreed on, like what I should say before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, and then the people in the audience, like, how do they feel? Are they standing really quietly? Are they really on? Like, are they actually having a party out in the pit or <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it can be very different. So I, I try to sort of like feel the energy that's being given to us on, on stage and, and sort of like reflecting, reflecting that in, in what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when, when we play music, when we play concerts, you know, we're in a good mood. You start up with a lot of adrenaline and then you go out and you're really nervous and then you start playing and you just have the best time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can be reflected as well. You know, it doesn't just have to be, you know, dark and we're going to sing this song about this really serious subject and, and, you know, you, you can you can mix it up, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so I, I don't feel like I have to live up to some sort of I don't know image or or character mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I think what's most important for me is just that the people who paid their hard-earned money and used their precious time to come and see us that they have a great time. Mm-hmm. and that they feel like they're being seen and maybe being heard and yeah I just really want to acknowledge that mm. so for the um our last set of questions is going to be quite specific questions kind of about your lyrics and and the decisions that you've made uh but I guess the first one we want to ask is very broad and fundamental which is why did you decide to sing in English um it was just uh what we felt like uh it was just like what was our gut feeling telling us I mean, it was just i just felt like writing in english so there may be some danish on the next album cool yeah, okay maybe <laughs> all right our next question was actually going to be have you ever tried writing lyrics in danish but i guess if that's a teaser we we might not get an answer to that <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I can tell a bit about it. Um, we played um, the Eurosonic uh, Festival, uh, which was aired the day before yesterday, uh, where we played um, one of these songs. Mm. Um, and it was really weird because like, I was writing the lyrics to this song and then suddenly my gut feeling was just telling me that I should write like a verse in, in Danish. Mm. And then I came up with the, with this verse and I was like, yeah, that actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, like, I think the, yeah, like, like my gut feeling was just telling me that that was what this song needed at this mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
we flew in a bit of uh, Danish uh, sentences here and there. Yeah. When you're writing in Danish, do you go through some of the same considerations you talked about with English, like uh, choosing words that don't come up in conversation very much, or uh, making sure a word is is cool in a, in a particular way? Are they, how do you select Danish words to make them fit a, a metal song or the the lyrics that you want to produce? Hmm. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, sort of the same process, and I think with uh, with the Danish that I've written now, it's it's very direct. Um, I think it's something you would say if if you're just really depressed or angry or like telling telling someone off. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, it's it's hard for me to describe. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, I think I think the best way of describing it is that I try to write it very directly. Mm -hmm. Like directly as in like, um, I suppose like in the way that you would, if you were, I suppose, saying those same things in like conversation or? Yeah, like, like you just have to realize this, like this right. is what you've done mm -hmm. um, sort of way to yourself. -ish. Right, right. Yeah. Are there many bands that write in Danish, uh, metal bands? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, some, um, uh, like some, I think, black metal bands, some folk metal bands. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably know um, Myrkur. Mm -hmm. um, so she writes like folk uh, metal, uh, which is uh, all in Danish, which I think think suits the the music really nicely. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like death metal bands, thrash metal bands, I think they usually sing in English. But yeah, here and there, you find some. Mm -hmm. The common choice of English, do you think that's about like, is it about like connecting with the international scene or like, you know, getting international fans or um, yeah. What, what do you think is like the motivation behind like, using English so commonly? I think it's a mix between maybe that. And then like, this is just what we've been used to mm -hmm. hearing in this context. Uh, I think, I don't know if anyone, if any of us like grew up listening to uh, metal music in, in Danish. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that's just what we're used to. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, and also I think for for Danish people, like talking in your in your native language, sometimes it can feel somehow too personal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Interesting. Like like the sentence, uh, like if you're saying I love you to someone, it's it's really a hard sentence to say because like you really feel like it's coming <laughs> from your heart or your gut and like it's yeah it's not just saying uh, like I love you or or if you're saying uh I'm sorry like it's easier to just you know if to just say the word sorry like the English word <laughs> like uh, mm -hmm. sorry uh instead of like the Danish word for sorry because it feels more personal like it feels more vulnerable mm. Mm -hmm. so maybe that's uh Maybe that's uh, an element of uh, right. of of the the choice of uh, of choosing to sing in English. Hmm. 
Like really? if you can sort of distance yourself to it, you, you, you can talk about like important things, but you can also sort of distance yourself mm-hmm. from it. It doesn't feel that, too personal. So that kind of intimacy that you associate with Danish, did that play into your choice of Danish language in those like lyrics that you were mentioning before that you wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really happy about what I wrote, um, but it's, it's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, like record them in the studio to play them live mm. so yeah and also we like in the band we we don't want to end up at a point where like a working process is the exact same mm-hmm. um, as the other album like we want to keep on like challenging ourselves and developing um, and that's also a way of us to you know, get better at our instruments because like none of us has like played uh, uh, the drums or the the bass or the guitar since we were two years old, mm-hmm. like some other musicians um, who are professional today. And like, we want to acknowledge that we've never been like ashamed of, of talking about that or, or addressing that. I mean, Julie, our, our, our drummer, she's played drums since she was 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is uh, definitely really skilled. And I think Sarah's played the guitar since she was 15, like on and off. Uh, but like none of us has like gone to music school or like uh, have a degree in, in music mm-hmm. or anything. It's, it's um, pretty much self-made. So yeah, that's just, just that's like our level and you know, of course, we want to challenge that. There are things that we just know that we can't play because we're just not skilled enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also want to challenge that, um, mm-hmm. even though it is, you know, hard work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did I end up here? <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> I suppose, you know, writing lyrics in a different way from the first album and uh, yeah. developing yeah. And stuff. Yeah, I, I follow you. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll definitely look forward to the the next album. But on yeah. this album, uh, we noticed that in some interviews, you've said that uh, the album was themed around the idea of like people losing control over their lives, like you know you were saying before, um, or continuing to do things that are harmful themselves. Uh, so, how did you decide on you know this theme specifically for this particular album? Well, it was sort of uh, a continuing thread from our demo, mm-hmm. uh, which just has uh, it only has uh, four songs, but we figured out like it was actually after we wrote the songs that we sort of figured out that there was sort of a red thread throughout mm. the, the songs, which was sort of about trying to regain control of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just thought that could it be funny to like continue that thread, but sort of turn it around. So it's like trying to regain control of your life. And then on the album, like losing that control because that is sort of life in essence, like us as humans, we are con- like desperately trying to regain control of things and we can't control them. Mm-hmm. Like we can't control anything. We want to believe it. Like we want to be robots, but we're just not like, and, and the world can be really overwhelming sometimes. And, you know, sometimes you just uh, experience things that you can't control. And it's sort of like, I feel like that's sort of the essence of life in some way. Uh, that you're trying to gain control you lose it you try to regain you know just back and forth all the time uh, throughout your life 
so um so yeah it was just to sort of uh, yeah to continue that thread and sort of play with with okay let's try to you know twist it around mm -hmm. and see where that takes us do you feel like this theme or this topic is something that metal is particularly well suited to exploring uh yeah yeah i think so because you know to to people who who don't usually listen to metal it can sound very chaotic and that's why they sort of stay away um from metal um maybe not so much um doom metal but like if you put on a thrash record or a grindcore record uh to someone who who just likes Ed Sheeran <laughs> um you know that can be quite an overwhelming experience or chaotic experience um for them probably so I feel like the theme goes nicely like hand in hand with uh with the lyrics about losing control mm. You also noticed uh, a lot of your songs are sung in the second person. Uh, you occasionally use the word I, but more broadly, uh, and I might be misinterpreting this, but I noticed that you, it seems like you're seeing as though you're talking to someone kind of from above or, or chiding them. Uh, as in when you say like, you pathetic worthless subject, possession keeps you erect, or mm -hmm. like a dog, you'll eat this filth and I will shove it down your throat. Is this a intentional stylistic choice? Are you singing, you know, as you in these songs or are you kind of, embodying some other voice uh it's definitely from my point of view um because uh those songs were about like observations on on how other people act in certain situations um so yeah it's it's definitely from my point of view but i haven't really like sometimes i write i mm -hmm. um and sometimes i will sing about a you um but I haven't really given much thought as to when I do what. Mm. It's just sort of like what I feel like or like it's just the gut feeling of mm -hmm. how this song should be written or mm -hmm. how the subject should be addressed. Do you imagine a specific you? Or is uh, it yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, <laughs> so actually in, the, in Puritan masochism, the you that I'm talking about is, it sort of came from an observation of uh, like journalists who only uh, write about like the royal family <laughs> here okay. in Denmark. Okay. And no. it's like, okay, here I'm not trying to like offend anyone. It isn't an exaggeration of like my observations, but I don't know. I just got this thought of like how these people are, um, how they must be like, how their lives must be like. And I just imagined this like journalists who are just obsessed with like the royal family and just have gone through their lives with this like dream of being a princess and just idolizing like the royal family and mm -hmm. like what life must be like you know in the castle <laughs> and then it's uh, sort of a, uh maybe a bit of a cruel way to say hey like wake up you you have to like you like you're okay or <laughs> you don't have to idolize these people yeah. or like it's okay not to like be born, born into royalty uh and like you don't have to scrape up to these people so but it's sort of uh yeah it, it this song is it's a mix between uh a few things it's also like our way of saying 
like you don't have to like it's called puritan masochism because i think that's something that is uh, typical for us humans is that we sort of seek up things that make us unhappy like you hear a lot about sort of like teenage girls who only follow models on instagram for example Mm-hmm. And they look at all these photos and they think that they're getting an, an aesthetic experience. But actually, it's just making them miserable because then they look at their own reflection and they don't look photoshopped. And right. that must mean that something is wrong with them. And it's sort of this like self-torture mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like every person, like everyone does this more or less unconsciously. Um, so it's sort of our way of saying, um, like, try to try to question, like, what's making you happy and what's not making you happy, and and if um, if something's not making you happy, then why do you keep doing it? And you know, just tune in with yourself and like try to feel um, like what's what's good for you. Like, try to recognize what's good for you and what's not good for you. Um, and of course, you know. If, it can maybe be a, a bit of a privileged place to, to come from because not everybody has that choice. You know, some people have need to have two or three jobs that they hate because mm-hmm. they have to support their families. Um, mm. uh, maybe working for a, a boss who's like verbally abusive or something, but you just don't have a choice because you have to send your kids to school. Um, and stuff like that so yeah we like we're perfectly aware that this is not an option for everybody around the world Mm -hmm. but if you have that if you have that option yeah just all through life try to check in with yourself um and I know personally that's something that I'm really bad at doing myself um like I tend to be very much up in my head uh and like out with like everybody else instead mm-hmm. of like tuning in and like feeling well what is my gut feeling actually telling me mm-hmm. like stop stop being so rational mm-hmm. <laughs> just like what do I feel like doing mm. um, so it's it's a process mm. so I was wondering like are you I suppose ever intending your listeners to kind of think about these ideas and, uh, you know, go through the same process of, like you said, like, you know, checking in with yourself and stuff. So I suppose like what I'm asking is, is the you in any of your lyrics ever like directed at the audience? In this song it is. um, And also in, uh, uh, in a song called squares from, Mm -hmm. uh, from the demo. That's also a lot about, um, I feel like we sort of have a, a tendency in, in our Western society to um, to uh, try to act like uh, robots or like chasing like these, uh, oh, how do I explain it? Like we've agreed that we have to work, you know, in Denmark, it's 37 hours a week. In America, I think it's like 45 or something, just constantly working and 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 some people get caught up in this almost like seeing their life as a race like you have to get an education you have to get a degree you have to like get a job and then you have to get the promotion and you Mm -hmm. have to like make make a lot of money and then you have to buy that house 
uh, which is going to, you're going to be in debt, but that's the right thing to do. And you need to have a spouse and you need to have um, like 2.4 children or whatever. <laughs> and like, you have to tick all these boxes in order to like have a happy or a right life. Sure. Um, and that's sort of our way to say, well, you can question that as well. Like mm -hmm. you can like question the things that we're all doing, the things that we're all telling ourselves. Like a thing that I've struggled with a lot of my life is like the fear of people calling me lazy mm -hmm. because I was called that a few times when I was a kid. And, and honestly, I don't believe that any person on this planet is lazy. I think it's just, you know, some people just can't like, don't have the energy to live up to all these standards mm. that we're putting on each other in, in society. Uh, like some people can, and some people just need a break more often. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so that's sort of uh, also a way of, of us saying, you know, uh, are you doing what you're doing because you like it or you're doing it because you feel like you have to, Mm. and why is that mm. yeah is this kind of desire to have people reflect on these questions um perhaps motivating something just notice that you use uh rhetorical questions quite often in the lyrics uh 23 across five of the nine songs on the album is yeah. this sort of use of rhetorical questions i guess first is it conscious is it something you've intended and secondly is it part of this idea of trying to get people to to think about these sort of concepts um, so, uh, wow, I didn't know that it was 23. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I really love the thought of, uh, of people actually thinking about things after they, uh, they're done, uh, listening to a song of ours. Hmm. Um, I think just always checking in and, and like... Yeah, checking in with yourself, checking in with your life is, is important. Um, and just asking yourself, well, why are you doing the things that you do? Yeah. But now I'm curious, like, what the 23 questions are. <laughs> I assume some of it's repetition in choruses. Is that right, Jess? Or? Yeah, some of it's, yeah, some of it is repeated. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, for instance, if, uh, you know, we look at the eye, Right. Mm. There's, um, you know, are you sick? What? Not yet. On your shoulders, frail and small. Uh, when will you lift the curtains or will you kill us all? Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that song is actually kind of a cliche. It was a, a question that I wrote about like how people interact with each other online, <laughs> you know, like, like discussions <laughs> on Facebook and also the media, like some, you know, news stations, you know, they love to plant like yeah, stories of of just uh, like chaos is just around the corner, and uh, now this uh, group of people did that, and it's like it's it's so obvious that they want to spread you know hate against mm -hmm. certain groups or certain politicians or or whatever. And I I just got this uh, this image of I think it's. Um, I think it's, oh, what's that movie called? Um, Orange something. A Clockwork Orange. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't actually seen it, 
Uh, but oh. I think that there's a scene in the film where there's a guy who's like tied to a chair and like his eyes are mm-hmm. like kept mm-hmm. open. Yeah. On this, like that was sort of the image that I got in my head of like this person just sitting there with like his eyes wide open, just being fed all this uh, like conflict and more and like hate speech and sort of getting wind up and like wanting to shout at everybody like on Facebook or <laughs> hmm. like social media and it's and and just to sort of question like well what are you going to do with all this build-up anger and like I was just Im- imagining this like dad and like his his kids just sitting right next to him and like he's all getting wind, wind up and shouting at the tv or something and I think it's in the end of the song there is oh what does it say I have the the lyrics right here yeah forgetting those around us we lose our heads in rage mm-hmm. which is just me addressing that um hey you're actually interacting with real people like it's not mm-hmm. just a screen that you can shout at like there are real people involved and you know there are real people sitting beside you and mm-hmm. it's just just turn off the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, like you hear about something and you get so angry about it or so sad about it. And then you're just stuck with this feeling of anger or sadness and you can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then like, where do you take it? Do you take it out on, on your family or your friends or people online or whatever and what's like what's the point what's the use in that just creating more conflict Mm. so I suppose yeah those questions will obviously then help people ask themselves those questions yeah hopefully hopefully Mm. so uh, digging in further into the themes of your album we noticed that like in addition to um, you know the ideas you've just talked about um, there are also some other kind of uh, reasonably common extreme middle themes like you know death destruction and battle that are integrated into your lyrics um, but there's also, you know, some more uncommon themes. So, for instance, we noticed that uh, the sea is referenced in four of your nine songs, um, you know, either in a more metaphoric sense or in a you know, more referential sense. Um, mm. I suppose we were just wondering, what's the relationship between, like, you know, the themes of the album and, uh, you know, this sea uh, metaphor or theme? Yeah. Um, so uh, when we were uh, discussing, like, the artwork, of the album with our designer, uh, mm-hmm. Mess Bell. Um, uh, we just instantly thought about, um, I think it was Mess's idea of this, um, this like giant like waterfall that's just like, if it, you can't stop it. And this giant whirlpool like in the ocean, which we thought was a, a, a really cool image of the, the whole theme of, of losing control. Like there's there's no way of getting out of of that if you're uh, if you're on your way to like an enormous whirlpool that's just sucking everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the sea is is a uh, is a great place to um, lose control. Okay. <laughs> right. Fair enough. If yeah. you're really out of yeah. your element. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, another kind of uncommon theme that we saw, uh, or at least like not a theme that we've seen very commonly in metal lyrics is uh, like ideas of hope and love. Uh, and yet they appear in the lyrics of the uh, penultimate track of the album, uh, Ropes, part one. 
Mm. Um, I think specifically I was thinking about the lyrics, um, grab thin air, hold, uh, hold it tight like rope, just hope, but love, this love, know it's true. Mm. Um, and I was really interested in talking to you about this because other lyric lyricists that we've spoken to have said that they would actually really struggle to write metal lyrics um, that dealt with these themes. Uh, was this your experience? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're asking this question because um, I wanted to, when I was writing the lyrics for, for, for Ropes Part 1, I, I, I got the idea that I wanted to write like, but love this love, like, no, it's true. Um, but I really struggled with it because, you know, talking about love, that's very personal. Mm. Uh, but I also thought it could be quite cool to do because it also takes courage. I feel like to write about that because it's not very metal like to write mm. these uh like these uh, sentences they're not very like metal or or tough they're very personal but uh the theme of of the song is that was actually uh, Sarah's idea like she really wanted us to write a song about like knowing someone who's who's struggling with something like it could be depression or anything and then just being in that state of I want to help this person so badly, um, mm -hmm. but I can't because I can't just give them a pill and then it goes away. Mm. Um, but really wanting to to make sure that they know that, like I'm I'm right here. I'm 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 not going anywhere, and just know that I have so much love for you. Like, mm. and it's like it it hurts so much to see that person in in this state or what they're what they're going through. Um, so I just felt like it was right to to write about like, like I have so much love for you um, and uh, and I'll, I'll be waiting right here. Like, well, if you're getting worse or you're getting better, um, just like know that, that this will, this is true and like, there's no hurry. And uh, yeah, and just, you know, you feel so powerless. Um, if you know someone who's going through something mm. like that. Um, so it, it kind of feels like grabbing thin air, mm. uh, but you want to like have something steady to, to grab onto. Um, so like, well, what do you have left? Well, you have hope, like you can only like hope that it's gonna get better and, and just make sure that this person know that you're there for them. Did you struggle at all to incorporate these kind of themes of love into a song and still keep it metal? Or was that not something that really concerned you when you were producing this particular uh, track? Um, I don't think so because like in essence, uh, the theme on, on this track is, it's an uncomfortable theme. Mm. Like it's, it's very personal to talk about. It's, um, I think it's something that a lot of people listening to it can probably relate to. Uh, whether they have like gone through something bad themselves or if they know someone who's going through something um, like it is just an uncomfortable subject um, and I've that's one of the things that I really enjoy about writing lyrics for for a metal band is that you can deal with these subjects like it doesn't have to be you know nice comfortable mm. love songs or, or whatever all the time like you can you can actually deal with these things and and you can also say like I don't have the answer mm -hmm. um I don't know what to do um but but I'm trying mm. 
feel I feel um kind of odd jumping from that to the next question because <laughs> the next question is really light and that's a really kind of heavier answer. Um, <laughs> just really awkward segue to the, um, <laughs> the next question because I just wanted to ask about uh, your use of rhyme. Uh, I noticed that you use you rhyme a lot in your lyrics. Uh, for instance, tear down these castle walls that blood through with, uh, flow through the halls uh, or you feed us till we're bursting exploding stomach sacks in sick and blood we're thirsting blinded eyes and broken backs. Uh, there's a lot of rhyme that sticks out through almost every single song. Um, like there are, there are parts that not, don't rhyme too but uh, there's some kind of rhyme in almost every song that I think you wrote on the album. Uh, do you feel that rhyme is important to constructing good lyrics or are they, is rhyme something you feel is particularly metal in a way or fits metal music well? Uh, not at all, actually. Um, so uh, I have uh, also written some lyrics that don't rhyme at mm -hmm. all. Uh, mm -hmm. That's because I feel like the, uh, the subject of what I want to say or what you want to say sort of comes first. And sometimes a rhyme just, I can't do that with a rhyme sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, I Sometimes I use, I, I tell myself, okay, with this song, I'm gonna try and make it rhyme. Because sometimes I get more productive if I set down like boundaries mm -hmm. uh, in the writing process. So sometimes that actually helps to say, you know, say to myself, okay, I need to find something that rhymes because then you just, like you sort of like you just like mention different words to yourself that would rhyme on what you've already written, and sometimes for me that can be more productive. Mm. Um, but I also sort of like the fact that not all of our songs have rhymes; mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be like a, a a thing that we can sort of do both things, making it a bit more chaotic <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah. So so just. I, I, my main priority is just to like get the message across, and then you know, after that, the the rhymes. So they're more of a like productivity technique than something you feel is metal, I guess. Yeah, I would never, I would never um, compromise on the words that I use. Um, still, so sometimes, like as I said earlier, sometimes I could spend days just finding the right word. So, but, but yeah, sometimes I would use that as a, like a productivity technique. Our last questions are, uh, I guess, opposite looking at some things that you don't do that I guess are quite stereotypical in metal that, um, mm -hmm. and we just want to see if you intentionally avoided these and if so, uh, why? Um, and the first is that a lot of extreme metal lyrics are known for using uh, really, really difficult vocabulary, like words that most native speakers would have to look up. Uh, bands like Carcass, of course, are famous for this in the medical realm. Uh, you know, you have names like necrophagists or things like that that are not, don't come up in casual conversation. But I noticed that uh, comments lyrics on the whole seem to avoid a lot of these terms. For instance, on the song Trust, uh, there's a total of 139 words but only 12, which is just 8.6%, are longer than one syllable. And on Idle Hands, there's actually only two words in the entire song that are longer than one syllable. And even um, Puritan masochism, which, you know, Puritan masochism, those are uh, bigger terms, uh, still um, 102 of the 126 uh, words, which is 81%, are just one syllable long. Uh, so I was wondering, did you intentionally try to avoid using these, you know, kind of obscure terminology or did you intentionally try to use kind of uh, short one-syllable terms throughout your lyrics or did this kind of just happen by chance? 
I think it just has to do, has to do with uh, us not being skilled enough. <laughs> um, I would love to use more like complex words, but mm. it's just about like knowing that they exist. <laughs> so, so like I have I have a bachelor's degree in uh, in like international business English, mm-hmm. um, but that's sort of it. Um, and I think that maybe if I want to um, increase my vocabulary, I think I may have to read more books um, that deal with these, uh, with, uh, with like harder words. Um, so I think it's just about like the words we know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's, uh, I totally agree with the, uh, with with yeah, it's it's kind of an uncommon thing that like you will find a lot of very complex words in uh, in middle lyrics and like a band like Casualty Capitation, they use a mm-hmm. lot of Latin yeah uh, in 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 their uh, lyrics. Um, there, don't they have a song? Uh, I think it's Prophets of Loss, where they like list the the scientific names for a bunch of um, sea animals. Like, <laughs> like I had a, I, I was like, what are they saying? I looked it up, and there it's just the it's the Latin um, like scientific name for a, a bunch of sea animals just being repeated. <laughs> and it was really hard, yeah, really hard to figure out yeah. what's going on there. Yeah, they also have a list of um, I think it's in Bring Back the Plague mm-hmm. of like um, I don't know physical reactions <laughs> to the plague or something <laughs> uh, uh, in Latin. I think it's a long time since I, I looked it up actually, but yeah, th- those lyrics are really complex, mm-hmm. but I could imagine like the fun they have uh, writing them just like mm. sitting with all like a stack of like <laughs> really high stacks of books, just looking mm. through them going, this could be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently there are a lot of people that do that. I mean, you know, mm. whether it be like technical terminology or just like, you know, more extensive English vocabulary. So one of the German mm. bands that we talked to recently said that, when they write lyrics, they'll actually like sit there, like, you know, with a dictionary or a thesaurus and kind of like mm-hmm. look for the right English equivalent to like a German word or something like that. Is that something yeah. you'd ever consider doing or do you think that would disrupt the writing process too much? No, yeah, that's something that I uh, absolutely have done. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think more in um, uh, when I was writing uh, lyrics for the demo. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I mean, I have uh, um, a, a dictionary here that I'm, I really, <laughs> I really enjoy <laughs> looking up uh, words in dictionaries. It's just a different feeling than looking up words in Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> an interesting uh, point. <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember like writing the first couple of lyrics in my, like the place that I used to live in, just sitting in my bed with like my notebook and the the dictionary and and like the music in my in my ears and just re- really getting into the zone and like that's a great zone to be in and uh, yeah I don't know there's something about like physical books like mm-hmm. you know when something has written when, when someone has written, written something down in a physical book and it's been approved then you can 100% trust that <laughs> if it's a dictionary more so than yeah. the internet yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an enjoyable process, I would say. Another thing we noted that you avoided, uh, which is again not associated with all metal lyrics, but certainly something that metal has been criticized from uh, by people outside of the scene, um, is that there's not really any swearing on any of your tracks. Are words like shit and hell and damn and stuff are those things that you consciously avoided using? Uh, yeah, actually, 
Mm, actually, with that, I don't really know why. Uh, it wasn't so that I wouldn't offend anyone. Mm. I think I just wanted to, like, express what we wanted to say with other words mm. than swear words. Yeah, I suppose, like, similarly, um, although there is some discussion of, like, violence and darker imagery, uh, such as the exploding stomach sacks that we were talking about um, before, um, there's not actually a lot of explicit detail or gore, right? Um, and I think you were saying earlier that that's something that you've, um, you know, tried to avoid because it's, you know, overdone, right? Um, is it something that, like, in general, though, you didn't think, like, fit with the like themes of the album or you know was there anything I suppose more to it than that? Mm, I'm pretty sure that we could probably you know write lyrics about um, like more gory lyrics and mm. still get like sort of the same message across but I think that I, I find more uncomfortable is when you talk about like the stuff uh, that's going on in the mind mm. like if you describe like gory uh, scenarios then it's very much like it's very much out there but sometimes it can be more uncomfortable to like just sit with your thoughts and like <sighs> dealing with with things <laughs> that you don't want to think about or trauma or like you know you have to do something and you've been putting it off and like you have to address some sort of conflict or like if you're afraid that your best friend uh, is going to kill themselves uh, because of depression or something like that you know that can be equally as uncomfortable mm. and as, possibly like, more relatable would yeah you say? yeah this is the most yeah. uh this is the most like terrifying answer i've heard <laughs> just because i'm like oh. <laughs> very relatable <laughs> but, yeah the, the whole like we talk to people about lyrics about stabbing people and stuff it's like yeah 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 and then then you say the stuff like you know you keep doing these things that you know you shouldn't it's like oh geez <laughs> call me out on their own podcast that's not cool <laughs> so in a way like the these themes for you are are more horrific than i guess explicit discussion of of horror themes like gore uh yeah i think so yeah and also like i'm 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 very um mm, i'm very interested in in writing about these uh these themes like um yeah like trauma i think it's very interesting to sort of reflect on on what that does to people mm. on how that defines people's lives and if that develops into getting worse or if it uh, if it shows in their actions or how they interact with other people it's yeah that's just really interesting to me um because it can go in so many ways and you know there are worst case scenarios where you know traumas can develop a mass murderer <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so in that way we sort of end in a gory scenario um, but it can also be like trauma developing a psychopath who can manipulate uh, mm. an entire company as the CEO mm. um, and really like bring other people down and, and like torment other people uh, emotionally or, or mentally. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think I'm just very interested in how people interact and how we treat each other and also what we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. I see. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. I suppose will we be seeing more of that in your upcoming release? Let's see. I'll listen to this podcast and then I'll be writing those the two lyrics that I was mentioning <laughs> to get inspiration. I'm like, oh, I said something really clever there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I look forward to it. I, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Pure Damascism. It was, uh, yeah. it was fantastic. Uh, I inc- like it's really slow, but it's just so heavy. I, I think it's probably the heaviest thing I listened to last year. Just the the the, the crushing kind of weight of the album it was just great. <laughs> oh, cool! Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, and I think like hearing, um, I suppose the process mm-hmm. behind it now is like kind of like allowed me to appreciate it on a different level mm-hmm. as well, which is you know also uh, really nice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we were cool. messaging about uh, the pure Damascism song, debating about what we thought it was. We were both wrong, by yeah. the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we both got it wrong. But uh, it was like when you said it was about, uh, you know, journalists and the royal family, a lot of things that we were talking about uh, that kind of clicked. Yeah. Um, Immediately like, made sense, but we didn't yeah. quite get like that context. Yeah. Like the peacock uh, line about destroy- killing the peacocks. So we were like, Where, what is that? Is that a. And it's like, oh, no, because the royal family literally has peacocks, right? Yeah. So it's a. Uh, so like that aspect of, of the song, I sort of chose to use that as the metaphor. Mm-hmm. you know because there is a lot of themes involved in this song but like it is just a metaphor of like i'm i'm not saying we should kill anyone i don't want anyone to kill anyone yeah. or like, harm anyone but look you know just metaphorically you know hang the queen like, <laughs> like sort of like, like kill, kill your masters um mm-hmm. like pursue your own happiness and like kill the thing that that just that controls you or mm. like that, that sort of uh, dominates you um uh what else yeah and then just like painting this picture of like invading like a castle with like the beautiful lawns with the uh, probably extremely expensive uh peacocks uh that they can afford having running around um sort of and don't kill any animals <laughs> kids <laughs> 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 that's not what I'm saying it's a it's a, it's a metaphor yeah and so um yeah I'm, and just like on a personal level I don't want to kill anyone from the royal family um but, <laughs> just to uh, clarify we'll make sure we'll make sure that's included yeah uh, oh thank you thank you uh, a, I'm, I'm sure that they're very nice people I'm just not really a, a big fan on, on that institution um so yeah that was a bit of my personal um mm. um like convictions in the in in that metaphor as well hmm. is there a, a expected release date for album number two um probably sometime next year cool. hopefully yeah fingers oh, crossed cool. and what have you got coming up this year any like shows uh i suppose in the future <laughs> anything you'd like to <laughs> promote yeah not yet i feel like uh everything's still very much up in the air uh we just uh uh, we just um, uh, announced that we're going to play at a small festival called G Festival, which is in the Faroe Islands uh, this summer. Uh, we've never been to the Faroe Islands. I don't know how many people will show up, but, <laughs> but we can't <laughs> wait. Catatonia uh, is playing as well. and Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And we've never been to the Faroe Islands and we can't wait to go. And you always, uh, it feels very rock star e to like take a plane to go play. A <laughs> mm, right. Yeah, totally. 
right yeah so that it's really good for our egos yeah. <laughs> to get that gig <laughs> Um, yeah, so if any uh, listeners want to keep up with what you're doing, where's the best place to find information on Convent? Uh, we're very active on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Uh, you can always listen to our music on uh, Spotify or Bandcamp. I think that's it. I have okay, a Twitter cool. account, but I never really use it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll um, include those links in the episode mm. description as well. So whoever's awesome. listening wants to find out more, they can definitely do that very easily. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much awesome. for this. This, yeah. was, this was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good interview. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah. Great. And uh, good luck with your Japanese study too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much <laughs> i was gonna say see you but uh <laughs> yeah yeah well maybe we'll see you again after your um you know next release or something yeah. or after your tour hopefully yeah we'll be aiming for an australian tour we would love that right yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. fantastic us too us too fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah yeah okay nice talking to you guys yeah, thank nice you so much bye 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 thank you for listening to lingua italica we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Mm-hmm.